You're listening to Market Interviews with Ruben Wolf, where I talk to seasoned CEOs, startup founders, and domain experts about the inner workings of the market they operate in. The show aims to spark inspiration and seed ideas in entrepreneurs that are the ones advancing our society and keeping technology moving forward. Welcome, Ozan Gazbazi, to uh, the podcast. Uh, I'm happy to talk about Atiol, which is a logistics optimization company that focuses on a machine learning approach to uh, reducing the fuel cost for a variety of logistics tasks. Uh, you guys were founded in uh, 2014 and, from what I can see, have gotten uh, over a million in uh, venture capital funding. In terms of the intro, that's as far as I got. How about you take it from here? Yeah. Hi, Ruben. Nice to meet you. Yeah, we started Optiol in 2014, initially as a supply chain optimization consulting company. So initially, we thought we would just help companies uh, at the strategic level by optimizing their uh, distribution network, where to locate warehouses, uh, which customers should be served from which warehouse, the sizing, fleet size, and other things. But over time, we uh, pivoted to a software company. So in 2019, we launched our root optimization software. And now our, I can say now 80% of our focus is uh, on software. Still, we do some consulting work for our clients. Yeah, let's, let me ask that. Who exactly are your customers? Do you have some examples that we would know? Or could you just tell us the, the class of company that used your service? Uh, yeah, for our service, actually, it can be both uh, shippers or carriers. Uh, maybe e-commerce example will be better. So we order things online uh, for home delivery. So either the companies, the retailers that we purchase from, they can do their own deliveries. They may have a fleet to deliver or they may outsource this to a carrying company. And in that case, the route planning is done uh, by the carriers. So we serve both uh, type of customers. And what we do is assume in your city, there are uh, more than a thousand orders, home deliveries, each with different uh, appointment times. Maybe some customers wanted their product to be delivered in the morning, some in the afternoon, or some told you that they are working and they want deliveries after 6 p.m. Each order have a different size based on the products, uh, different locations in the city. And assume you have a fleet of trucks. So what we do is we help with first to determine how many trucks you would need for deliveries. Do you need 40 trucks or 50 trucks to make these deliveries on time? And how to allocate these orders to each truck? For example, the first third orders go to your first truck, the other four day to another truck. And for a truck itself, now it needs to visit maybe 50 stops. So what should be the order of visits? How to schedule these 50 stops uh, so that we make sure we deliver things still on time at preferred time slots? but with minimal cost. So we minimize both the distance traveled, also optimize time of travel. So both ways, it's that minimizing time or minimizing distance, minimizing number of trucks, and making sure the customers receive their products on time. So the benefits overall we say is like, uh, based on manual planning, uh, we decrease fleet size uh, by about five to 10% because it's dynamic planning every day based on different demand profile. We suggest the right number of trucks you would need by route optimization, by better sequencing and order allocation, minimize distance by 20%. And by considering these appointment times and reducing travel times, we improve on-time delivery rates uh, by 30%. So these are the uh, metrics that we calculated uh, with existing users compared to their previous methods and uh, using optimization. 
So that makes complete sense to me. And uh, I really thought your business was interesting because it seems so so cleanly fitting into the classical optimization algorithms that that we learn in computer science. And my understanding, you also were working on your PhD on related work. Maybe let me ask you this way. Where did, where did the idea come from initially? My background, actually, we started the company with uh, Tuba. Uh, we're also married now. Uh, we studied the same college and same uh, university for our PhDs. Our focus was both uh, on supply chain optimization. Uh, we took all like our courses on that, and our thesis were about developing optimization algorithms. Actually, I developed algorithms in a different area for cancer treatment optimization, but uh, all my other work was in supply chain. And uh, after PhD, I joined the supply chain optimization company for uh, global supply chain inventory optimization problems. And like both of us, we figured that like instead of a career like in academia, we like the practical like applications more, like solving some real life problems uh, where we can see the results also immediately. We liked writing codes. We like so initially like we made the decision about like we will do this in practice. We'll code algorithms, develop algorithms, apply in different areas. And it turned out to be, like, uh, at the end, our focus turned out to be in transportation optimization. That's also came from, like, this e-commerce growth. We heard a lot of problems about the uh, number of stops are increasing, home delivery is growing, existing algorithms uh, do not fit much because they were developed in the past for mostly B2B deliveries, just to, uh, like, maybe hundreds of stores. But now with e-commerce, you deliver to, like, thousands of home addresses, uh, it's in urban areas uh, with lots of different constraints and time more strict time windows. People are more sensitive than like a business address. So that's how we decided to focus on this area. Yeah, I mean, again, I think the problem you're solving is so so interesting. I recall it from my early days of computer science experience. Essentially, you're solving the traveling salesman problem just in a more complex manner, right? Yeah, uh, like traveling salesman is generally referred to like for a single person, like by yourself, like let's say you need to visit 100 stores and you're f- trying to find the shortest path. Uh, what we saw is like a one degree, like more complex. It's like the vehicle routing problem uh, where you have more than one truck. You have a fleet, maybe 50s, hundreds of trucks and thousands of locations. So you need to solve both the problem of allocation, how to split these orders, and then for each track, uh, the sequencing. And you need to solve this simultaneously. And also the difference from classical TSP is now you have this like time windows, uh, different capacities. It gets more complex if your fleet is heterogeneous. Maybe you have trucks, vans, maybe motorbikes with different cost and capacities. So the problem gets more complex as you get into this. There are like, restricted routes, uh, different time windows for deliveries. Not just a single capacity, but multiple capacities. Some orders are heavy. So it consumes from your weight capacity. Some orders are uh, huge and it takes from your volume capacity. So it's not something that you can find like a ready algorithm, like just copy from a paper. You need to really go deep dive into this and work with clients and then develop customized for them. Yeah, very good. So you're solving logistics optimization problems for specifically e-commerce delivery, but also any kind of other shipping delivery in a B2B context. But I mean, you're selling B2B, but your customers are also selling their products directly uh, B2C. And the the idea came naturally from an academic route that then turned into obvious uh, applications. So you're one of the lucky ones who uh, studied a PhD that actually 
had some relation to reality. So, um, so I was just going to get into the numbers. Um, so, right, you guys were founded in 2014. How, how did you fund yourself at the beginning? Did you, um, I think you had a relation to tech stars or, or seed stars or uh, where, where did the funding come from? Initially, it was just like uh, we bootstrapped initially. Because like we started with consulting, so we immediately like started getting projects. Our first project was with Unilever, then with Philip Morris and Ferrero. So we were lucky to get this like multinational brands, uh, their operations uh, in Turkey. We helped them like at strategic level, and this was our first funding issue. Like we uh, got money from consulting work, and then we started developing the algorithms, and then we start now. After that, we start hiring some software developers. And then, like gradually, like switched to like a software company, but we got some initial like seed funding from uh, some angel investors, uh, startup bootcamp. We joined their like accelerators and some uh, R&D grants funds. And like after switching the software model in 2019 and getting some traction there, uh, so we recently closed a funding for uh, $810,000, and now overall uh, total funding reached $1.1 million. Uh, we just closed the new round like two months ago, and now we are heavily like growing the team now to uh, expand it uh, to more geographies, grow the team, and then like build other functionality, not just root optimization, but some supporting features around it. Like try to make uh, like a more transport management software, which covers uh, also other areas of transportation. Mm-hmm. So right, you you started as you you bootstrapped out of a consulting agency, which is amazing. So how did you get those first customers, Unilever and Ferrero? Uh, it came through actually like a, a network. The college we went to in Turkey is like very popular in industrial engineering, and like most graduates are uh, in supply chain uh, director level like roles. Uh, so that's how we reached that. Like the LinkedIn actually like it's the a friend of all startup founders, I think. When you start at the beginning, you just like start writing to people that you may see fit in your area. That's actually how we found our like initial customers. And once you have like one, two customers, and if you make them happy, then it becomes like a word of mouth. After a while, people like started reaching out to us. Uh, still, like we don't do like active marketing yet. So mostly our leads are coming inbound uh, through our like web page or LinkedIn. So how many customers do you have now? Right now, uh, 25 customers we have uh, using our uh, root optimization solution and uh, more than 30 uh, at the pilot stage. Because for this solution, uh, people want to see with their own data what would be the savings of using this route, uh, even tested out a few operations to see uh, how drivers react to it. Because like in paper, even if you show savings from their past experience, they want to see if drivers we like these new solutions if they will really uh, follow the routes that you suggest. So like 25 active customers and then like uh, I think about 32 now at the pilot stage. Very cool. How many customers did you have last year? Like one year from now? Let's 2020, say. like for beginning of 2020, we only had two customers. So with pandemic, actually like COVID, after COVID, actually like this home delivery really grew with the e-commerce growth. The companies like we were planning to adopt root optimization, but they were planning it maybe for next year or the year after. But they couldn't manage the volume of deliveries, and most of those projects, uh, the timelines changed. So we grew very rapidly from two customers to twenty customers uh, in 2020. 
Yeah, that's impressive. I mean, 10xing uh, in, in one year. So um, then I guess with respect to the year company's founding date of 2014, we should really consider the f- kind of the founding date of the software business. So so the software business, did it start last year? Yeah, we can say 2019, uh, where we launched and like the first customer started using the solution. We can say like the January 1st, 2019. Right. And then you've had this massive growth since then. So that's that's quite exciting. What would you say is the average price that one of your customers uh, that's actively using the software pays for the service? Yeah, it's actually like we are pricing based on uh, number of trucks they have or like number of deliveries. Uh, the more common is pricing based on number of vehicles. So the average price, I can say, is about like 30 $35 per truck. So depending on the fleet size. So if on average, if they have like 100 trucks, they pay us like $3,000 a month. So, but in terms of your customers, because we obviously don't understand, you know, Unilever is massive, uh, Ferrero is massive. I'm not sure how many trucks they have though. So so what would be the, the average ticket price for one of your customers? Yeah, for big customers, like their uh, fleet size is like uh, about like 500, maybe more than 500. In bigger geographies or for parcel delivery companies, it may go up to 4,000 that we are like about to sign one of them. So it really depends. Like we have customers with only like two trucks and customers who have like uh, 1,000 trucks. So it really depends. But I can say like the average customer, I can say like if we take the average uh, of all these customers, you can say 100 trucks, I think is a good average like if you look at the overall, and which is about okay, 3,000 overall. But it can go up to like we have a customer who is paying like $10,000 $10, as well. So one of the big logistics companies. Okay. So just, you know, if we were to give a ballpark figure, then so, so they're paying about on average 3000 per month times 12 times 25 customers. So you're currently at something like close to a million ARR, that ballpark. Yeah, uh, right now it's about like $500,000 ARR, but it will grow. Like for some customers, they, so this is like pay per use, like it's like a subscription based. So they sign. But for example, let's say they're operating in 100 cities, but they don't start using it in all cities at the beginning. So they gradually grow. So if you look at the contract volume, like the expected contract volume, uh, we exceeded 1 million, but we only charge for the active operations yet. So we can say like 500,000, like it's a ballpark number. Yeah, very cool. Well, anyways, you I mean, you're 10xing uh, at least last year. So uh, we're looking at 5 million next year and then 50 million year after that, I hope. Yeah, our um, goal is like reaching 2 million for this year. Yeah. 2 million and next year it's 6 million. So next year we are expecting a bigger growth because we'll start expanding you know, to different geographies, to US, to Middle East and Europe. We are at now like the market entry stage for those places. Yes, very exciting. And and you're saying that right now it's all inbound. So you built up your reputation through your connections and the consulting business initially, and then now through referrals and just people knowing you, you get inbound customers. So you you don't currently have any sales reps. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And no sales rep. All the sales we did as co-founders, uh, we did all the sales so far. Yeah, always good to start as co-founders doing sales. So so how many employees do you have right now? Uh, right now we are at uh, fifteen. How many of those are engineers? All but two, like let's say 13 engineers, like it's mostly engineers. And like for engineers, we can say like about half computer science, computer engineering and half industrial engineering uh, in the optimization piece. Very exciting. Like if I, if I saw these numbers, I would definitely invest. Uh, I mean, this, your growth is phenomenal. And uh, it all just makes sense, really. So yeah, I mean, uh, 
now that we've cleared the numbers, um, maybe let's go back a little bit to the business because I am interested. Now, you, you mentioned Unilever and Ferrero. I've never purchased Ferrero uh, chocolate from Ferrero directly. So I, when I think about deliveries, I think about food delivery companies and Amazon and uh, FedEx and so on. So in that space, uh, can you maybe enlighten me a little bit further around what what initiates the delivery if, if it ends up being something like chocolate? It depends. Like for manufacturers, like we solve both the last mile and uh, what we call long haul optimization problems. Generally, for these manufacturers, uh, the problem we solve is deliveries from their manufacturing plants to different distributors or like the warehouses of grocery chains. So the first mile of things. Uh, that's how we help with those companies. Or at the second level, from local warehouses, like from distributor warehouses in a city, to the stores, like the grocery stores in that city. So for these kind of companies, as you mentioned, like the home delivery is not very common. Only if they sell through like an, uh, an e-commerce marketplace, I think they started selling. But mostly for those kind of companies in FMCG, uh, it's still from manufacturing plants to distributors and distributors to uh, grocery stores. Okay, so that makes complete sense to me. They, this is a business, they're focusing on chocolate. They don't have uh, a team of computer scientists and industrial engineers to do their supply chain optimization, but they can save money by having their own fleet to deliver. So maybe let's go over to the carriers. Here, what I find surprising is that um, since it's such a clear problem to solve, I would expect FedEx and Amazon and UPS and USPS and any kind of uh, shipping company to have just armies of these people. Right. Uh, so why are carriers using you? Yeah, the big carriers, as you mentioned, like this DHL, uh, UPS, FedEx, they, like Amazon itself, like they hire like maybe like tens of like PhDs. They build their own teams and then they, they try to develop things in-house. They are not like in our, uh, our target customers. Like they're really huge and justifies to build a team to develop these systems and they can hire like good talent to build these things. Our target is like more like the mid mid size companies where for them it's hard to hire like this uh, talented people to develop like optimization algorithms or software for them. They are more focused on like the, their business, uh, not on the R&D side. So they are our target customers where they outsource these all these software development uh, efforts and uh, going forward like those others like Neve delivery. Uh, options or like maybe new ideas. Like they just test out uh, using us. We built like simulation models for them. Like maybe if they want to expand to a new geography or a company, they do just store deliveries, but they want to expand to home deliveries as well. But they want to know what would be the cost, what should be the investment. More like mid-level companies, I can say, is uh, our target. Or in geographies, like what we observe is like the UPS. In US, they use their own system, but UPS has operations in Turkey. We know them, and then they cannot use the same system in Turkey. That's another target. So we, we still target them, but in geographies, in their homeland, maybe DHL in Germany, they use their own optimization systems, but DHL in another country at the local level, they, they don't use uh, those in-house systems as well. So they can yeah, still like, uh, buy like third-party software. Yeah, but that's a really, really good point. Something that I've also noticed, uh, one of my past projects where I was selling to uh, health insurances, and I noticed the same thing. Even inside the U.S., health insurances segregate over the different states and have different IT departments. You can essentially sell to Blue Cross Blue Shield uh, 50 times, right. um, which is, it's yeah, it's quite interesting. Yep. So, yeah, one doesn't always have to consider one company as one lead. Very, very good point. 
Yeah, Unilever, for example, like if you look at like companies in the root optimization area, you will see Unilever logo in like many different software companies. Maybe Unilever in the US is using a system in Europe, another system. In different countries in Europe, they, they can use different uh, software. So so these global companies, they don't just say like, this is the software where, which we will use globally. They uh, generally leave that decision to local decision makers because like the performance is not like universal for like, those standard systems. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe, uh, I don't know if it's a personal question, but one thing I, w- I was interested in is, you know, you, you uh, and your wife did a PhD at Georgia Tech and then were working in the U.S., which, you know, one of the most prestigious uh, technical mm-hmm. universities in the U.S. What made you decide to then move your business uh, over to Turkey and uh, mm-hmm. uh, go that direction? Yeah, it's like we can say like it's mostly uh, like the family reasons uh, also. I mean, we thought like, I mean, it, it was the easiest thing to stay in the U.S. I was working for a company as algorithm design engineers. I, I was happy with the work. We were working with our clients who were very big companies like HP, Johnson & Johnson, Kellogg's and so on. And I was like getting offers like to join to Amazon, like maybe there was a possibility to move to Seattle. Uh, but that was the easiest way. So, I mean, we thought, I, I like like uh, football, like the uh, soccer like in the U.S., they call mm-hmm. it soccer. I'm very passionate, like a supporter of my team. So I enjoy like living in Turkey more than like living in the U.S. So that's one reason. And uh, like our families were getting older. We wanted to also uh, be with them. So like we can say like most personally, we don't think in terms of business, like how, how much we would make money or other things we, we don't consider. We just consider like where would we feel like more happy. Very cool. Did you decide to uh, incorporate in the U.S. or are you actually doing your business through a Turkish uh, trading company? Uh, we are incorporated in Turkey and also in U.S. So you have like a delivery company and a Turkish co- entity here. Actually, after the investment, now like the U.S. Uh, will be the headquarters. So like everything, still the headquarters in the, in the U.S. and uh, the operation in Turkey will be a subsidiary. Uh, our R&D team will be in Turkey started working like with a sales director in US now like the next stage after this investment we want to do more sales there now we'll be actively selling now because uh, we have a reputation here but outside we need to go out now we need to reach out to customers to get our name known better uh, but still like we plan to keep the R&D work here because uh, all the team members are based here in, in engineering yeah Makes complete sense. That would have been my next question: is uh, if uh, your investment came from the U.S. and if so, uh, if they uh, pushed you to, to creating a U.S. entity, since they love to do that. But I think it's very exciting that you guys decided to also have a Turkish entity and uh, to support the local economy. So, yeah, that's great. That's about time. Uh, I think your company is extremely exciting. Uh, I mean, for your next round, I would definitely be interested. So, Thank this you. was Optiol. And they optimize the logistics industry for shippers and carriers, particularly mid-sized, and are reducing fuel costs, total fleet size, allowing simulations all around, optimizing your delivery logistics. So thank you very much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for hosting. Thank you.